0: Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Primetime Mikey Lee. And I'm Shangerous Devin Stone. Welcome to Episode 197, Hostile City Showdown 1996.
1: Woo. It's a hostile city, at least I, based on all the ECW matches we've watched. I mean, they're pretty hostile a little bit
2: a little bit a little bit uh we're at 197 yeah and they're also
1: it's a town where when the team does 1, well hundred episodes uh-huh. so,
2: wicked a town where they you know the uh
1: we, phillies were recently uh in the world series yeah. and the eagles have been doing good they've had to grease some poles you only need to grease poles in a hostile city
0: that's right <laughs> So this was the third annual Hostile City Showdown produced by ECW. It would take place on April 20th, 1996 from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with an attendance of 1,075.
2: Uh, <laughs> Hanging the st- from the rafters. The stoners are not there, eh? 0420. Not the full 1,100 we had last No, wait, not last time it was in Queens. Yeah. So that might be why.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this packs out at like, I think they've called it like 11. I think they read
0: 12 before. for Cyber Slam, really? which I think was the last show. Yeah, or no, talking about last
2: week's one yeah. where we were in Queens. Yeah, typically they hit 11. 15, Between 11 15. and 12, yeah, yeah, at this point. It's
1: like the most they can fit. Probably. Probably not. Fire. Fire Hazard. Fire Marshal would have to show up. Mm-hmm. This show, only seven days after Queens Boulevard.
0: That is true. So Shane, we're, we're we're in Philly. We are. Did you did you find us something? I did. Yeah. You know, Michael started
2: to talk about it. You know, sort of, kind of a minute ago with the whole greased poles things, but. <laughs> 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 so I decided to do something different. It, it's inspired by something that's mentioned shortly into this show. Like I said, typically I will do something that is inspired by the city a popular drink food something like that or something that just is inspired by the actual show itself and for today's show I have made for us but 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 it is a shot clink clink amaretto Bailey's topped with some uh, whipped cream here we go let's just Hopefully one two three three go Stuttered
0: through it delicious.
2: Yep. Now, technically, we were supposed to do these with no hands, but I figured nobody can see us, so we'll just drink them as is.
1: Yeah, we can cut that out.
2: We did it with no hands. Yeah. Hands-free blowjobs. Uh-huh, we, did it. we yeah. put up our hands like we were the gangsters
1: <laughs> and threw it back. Yeah.
2: These uh I'm are sure pretty, New Jack would approve. <laughs> sweet drinks. Yeah, you, you'll hear them known as blowjobs or cocksuckers or something like that at the bars, and it is as simple as... A half shot of amaretto, a half shot of Baileys layered on top of each other. Sometimes people will throw Kahlua in there as well, which I think is called a sloppy blowjob or something like that. I
1: feel like Baileys and Kahlua feels like putting a hat on a hat. Like, how different are they?
2: Well, one tastes like coffee, the other one tastes like Irish cream. Totally different. Hat on. Hat on. I don't know. In my head
1: they're kind of the
0: same thing, but I don't know. I don't drink those so rare. I mean, when you said that, I was like, yeah, they kind of are the same thing. And then he said that, and I was like, eh,
1: okay, yeah, they they, are, they are, are a little bit different. Yeah. But you know what this tastes like to me? Cake. Yeah, but it tastes like a kind of like a like a it really <laughs> exactly. it tastes like a, Yeah, it tastes like a fancy cake, but it also kind of tastes like oh, almondy, white russian mm-hmm. because of the amaretto. Yep. But it's got like that alcohol taste and the cream, and then yeah, even more I mean, it's, cream.
2: It's two sweet liqueurs, and then topped with whipped cream, and yeah, it, it's very it, sweet. it goes very well together. It's very
1: sweet, but it was kind
2: of, kind of nice, and kind of fun, because, like, yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, blowjobs are kind of nice, and kind of fun, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no one's arguing. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But <at> the...
1: <laughs> another thing that kind of ties into wrestling, I learned this, I believe, from a Colt Cabana podcast at some point in time. I don't know if he it was his show, which I haven't listened to much of, or if he was doing an interview on something else, but that the whipped cream is a like wrestler, like low calorie snack that they will do on the road. Where It's like, I want something sweet, but like I want it low calorie and it's only like 15 calories per serving for a can. So you get like a whole can and it's only like 200 calories or something like that. So if you're, you know, trying to room, stay in shape yeah yep. treats yep. sitting upright so you're, and you-, you
2: have your mind elevator oh yeah for sure <laughs> Taking some,
1: some uh uh whippets before you whip it yeah and they uh but yeah so he's yeah i think he was telling a story about like him and like steen you know sharing a room back in the day it's like oh yeah we just turn on the tv and Got our cans of whipped cream and we're just uh, hanging out, sipping on whipped cream and watching TV at night. And I'm like, forget the frozen yeah. grapes; just yeah. go
2: for the whip it, or yeah, not the whip it, the whipped cream. Yeah, exactly. I that guess this actually plays into last mm-hmm. week's show too, with the whole blue Sunday whipped cream, blah 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 blah. blah.
1: So yeah, if you're uh, you know trying to watch your weight but you want something sweet, maybe uh, get you cans of whipped cream. Who doesn't like whipped cream? It's nice.
0: <laughs> well, a few days earlier something that would happen around the same time as Hostel City, the Chicago Bulls would win their 70th game of the season, passing the 1971-72 Lakers for the most wins in an NBA season. They would end up finishing the season a few days later with 72 wins before going on to win the NBA championship. And their record of 72 wins would last... Until 2016, when the Golden State Warriors would win 73.
1: Is this the one of the wins that's part of the first three, Pete?
0: Yes. Okay. This is uh, Rodman's first year with the Bulls. The Worm! Maybe one of the best nicknames of all time. Dennis
2: Rodman rules. He'd just like. I miss old Dennis Rodman.
1: Yeah, he was so cool because he'd just like go fuck off. And be like and I'm like, where the fuck are you? And he'd show up and he would still fucking just like party and get away from everything and like not come to practice. And he'd still show up and just fucking tear the house down and do his goddamn job.
2: Like, where were you? Oh, I was hanging out with Madonna and wedding dresses, getting yeah. hair done. Mm-hmm. I went I went and did a bunch <laughs> of
1: uh, drugs and gambled all weekend and then showed up and fucking did the damn thing. Hell yeah. He was a goddamn rock star. Maybe the last rock star, honestly. Because they don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I remember this going on as I had friends and stuff as a kid that were sports fans. I was never really compelled by sports as a child, but you can't escape the bulls and then of course, most people during like you know early pandemic, the last waltz was on streaming or yeah. whatever, and what an incredible way to spend ten hours you Absolutely. know it's really, really great. It's compelling whether you give a shit about sports or not, Michael Jordan is the most famous athlete of all time and you know what's more compelling than that.
0: Correct. Yep. The only sad part about that whole the whole thing is that Golden State in a beating the record in Kevin Durant's first season. Yeah. With the Warriors, especially us being here in Oklahoma City, we're a little. we're we're a little bitter. We were also very lucky for uh to
1: have that team be the first team here because it's not normally how it uh, that, goes. That is true. So you you know there's some silver lining for sure, but you know it's also a totally different game now. They weren't shooting threes like that. Very true. It's definitely a
0: different game. Though it is funny that Steve Kerr was on this Bulls team when he was the head coach oh, for the Warriors. That's great. Who's technically been part of both teams, but this Bulls team is actually one of the reasons why I even like basketball. Really, because like that uh, they showed them on WGN like every game.
1: Yeah, you were probably like, and they had, WGN's out of Chicago. Yeah, and you're you were
0: probably 15 like at the 15 time.
1: you at the time. Okay, yeah.
0: Literally, I would have turned 15 a few days after this show. So yeah, it was like eight or nine. Like literally. Would watch the Bulls games every night. Yeah, damn. Remember, remember just because I I, I loved I loved Dennis Rodman for some reason. It was it made no yeah. sense, but I loved Dennis Rodman. Yeah, it's
1: funny too because it's like you would hear adults, as like, you know you were fifteen, but being a little kid, adults talk about Dennis Rodman being a freak and stuff like that. And like, oh, what is this guy or whatever? And like as a kid, I was like, oh, I mean, I don't know, I don't really have an opinion. But as an adult, I'm like fuck yeah, this guy rules. I would have, if I was a little older, I would have been a Dennis Rodman guy for sure, just because he had that uh, counterculture. He was, uh, you know, he was alternative. And and now we got a lot of sports guys that are freaks or into, not freaks I use loosely, but like they're into like fashion, and fashion is weird. Whereas we all know Michael Jordan was not into fashion. That man dressed terribly all the time, but wonderful shoe.
0: Best thing that came out.
1: (laughs) This is definitely the only only thing on his body that was stylish
0: most of the time was uh, his kicks. Absolutely. Well, let's talk some wrestling. Do it. We get the title, date, and location card as shown. And Joey Styles is in the ring welcoming the gangsters straight from the hood. New Jack and Mustafa. New Jack says the last time he was in Philly. He got his ass kicked, but then tells the Eliminators that they took a licking and they're going to keep on ticking. Jack continues with, you go home, regroup, and find a way to take these motherfuckers out. And New Jack says that his old lady told him that they had gotten soft. So he watched the tapes and realized that she was right. He then calls the Eliminators out and a brawl ensues, spilling its way out into the crowd with both teams using chairs. Saturn answers with a beer can to Jack's head before they return to the ring where the locker room empties to stop the melee.
1: We gotta keep them apart.
0: Finally, the Eliminators leave, allowing the gangsters to celebrate in the ring.
1: Put the X up.
0: Remember when we used that for a, a thing at the very end of our first episode? No. Yeah, I said it at the very end of our first episode. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Put the X up.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are wrestling history X. That's right.
0: the XL. Next time we take yeah. next time we take a group uh, selfie. We have <laughs>
1: the XL.
0: But that leads us right into our first match. El Puerto Ricoño versus Supernova. Hmm. Something you, new. You might know Supernova better as Simon Dean okay. in the WWE. I do know that name? Or what I know him better as is he'll become part of the Blue World Order. B-W-O. Here in ECW, known as Supernova. Then yeah, Supernova as okay. well. Yep.
1: Yeah, he gets the he gets rid of the face paint, right? No, he doesn't. Okay, I do remember BWO, but I mean, who can forget the BWO? Exactly.
0: So the two men trade athletic reversals to start until Nova hip tosses Requano out to the floor, following out with a top rope somersault plancha. Back in the ring, El Puerto Ricano flips over Supernova to return to the ring and nail a drop kick. He goes for a whip, only for Nova to reverse, sending Ricano hard into the corner. Supernova yanks El Puerto Ricano out into the corner, turning it into a sit-out power bomb for a two count.
1: Of uh, Power Ranger chant.
0: Ricano flips over a back body drop, leaps onto the shoulders for a victory roll. For a near fall, followed by a drop kick that sends Nova out to the floor. El Puerto Ricano then follows out with an ACI moonsault. Oof! scary. Makes his way back into the ring, where Ricano tosses Supernova to the ropes, but misses a clothesline, allowing Nova to hit a super kick.
1: Supernova kind of saved, well, ELP, El Puerto Ricano from, or ELR. EPR. EPR. EDM. EDM. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he catches his head because it's like, ooh, that guy was EDM. about oh, to that's... crack his skull yeah. on, our, yeah. on our ECW4.
0: All of a sudden, the Eliminators jump in the ring and attack both men, hitting suplexes, kicks, and total elimination on them before rolling out of the ring, making this match a no contest. Message the gangsters. Perry takes the mic to call out the gangsters who come to the ring with a trash can full of weapons, and the two teams trade punches and clotheslines before brawling out to the floor and into the crowd. All while the gangsters' music plays, they continue to hit each other with all of the plunder before Mustafa decides to pose with one of the tag title belts. They continue to brawl down the aisleway before heading back to the ring. And the locker room empties once more to stop the fight.
1: I will say, I said it earlier, hat on a hat, 16 minutes into the show, we're doing
0: this twice. Yeah, Crazy. So JT grabs a mic. We love it. To serenade everyone. Fly me to the
2: moon. I don't know any more of the words. I don't.
0: <laughs> I should. Well, n- he didn't. N- neither did the Italian <laughs> Stallion.
2: I should know it. It's a great song.
0: Only for Devon Dudley to smash little Guido with a chair and giving chase to both of them to the back to save us from more singing. And even with all the wrestlers trying to separate the two groups, the gangsters and eliminators continue to go after each other, followed by Bad Crew back body dropping El Puerto Ricoño over the ropes to the floor. Ouch. It's a horrible looking bomb.
1: I know, and that like he's so he's the smallest guy. Like, Mikey Whipwreck weighs
0: more than him. Hack Myers then knocks some sense into them with some Shaw Punches sha! that ends up clearing the ring.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's new or not, but I did track that Bad Crew may have got new gear or more matching gear. I mean, we're have to just for black, but I think they might have gotten... I think the Bad
2: Crew they got my... the old Axel and Ian's <laughs>
0: old gear. Yeah, but they got some new stitching on it. <laughs> so we go to our second match. The Dudley boys of Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley with Sign Guy, Chubby, and Dances with Dudley versus the Pit Bulls of number one and number two with Francine. And I do Bubba, love
1: Francine coming
0: in with the Pit Bulls. It's fun. Bubba goes to introduce himself, but Francine decides to mock his size, and I don't mean his weight. Uh-oh. So he responds with, Buh b buh, buh blowjob, which shocks everyone. The Pitbulls don't find it funny, and neither does Devon, who tells Bubba Ray to say his name without stuttering, and the fans to stop encouraging him. Tell Devon.
1: Thanks, Devon. We really appreciate you.
0: Devon then turns his attention to the Pitbulls, saying they don't scare him before giving the commandments. And when he finishes, Devon attacks, and the fight immediately spills to the floor and into the crowd. Easy, dumb. He's Both teams take dumb. turns wrapping chairs around each other's heads, trading punches and chops, before number two breaks Bubba's glasses with a beer can.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Nice sell, too.
0: The fight makes its way right below the eagle's nest, where number one dives off the balcony with a chair onto Devon. Number two body slams Bubba Ray before the Pitbulls throw the Dudleys off of the platform, followed by everyone brawling their way back to ringside. Bubba's put through the timekeeper's table by number one and then tossed back into the crowd. And back inside the ring, Devon hits a sunset flip on number one for a two count, followed by number two delivering a spinning heel kick into the corner for Devon. Out on the floor, dances with Dudley, who's still in his wheelchair, is yelling at number two. So he gets a clothesline, allowing Francine to jump on top of him to lay it in with some more punches. Chubby Judley comes over and he tries to break it up, only to receive a knee to the nuts for his trouble. To his chubbies? (laughs) Exactly. Again, inside the ring, Devon is using a chair, a low blow, and a clothesline to finally take number two down to the mat. Number one attacks Devon from behind, face planting him into a chair. Oof. While Francine continues to attack Chubby on the floor with a chair as well. The Pitbulls then nail a super bomb on Bubba Ray, but then Devon just goes chair crazy, hitting everybody, including the ref.
1: Yeah, Pitbull One actually protects himself, which I appreciate. Because I just. These guys have taken so many chairs to the head. Mm hmm. That I just kind of
0: appreciate it when they,
1: you know, have are moderately cautionary.
0: Devon then turns his attention to Francine, stalking after her around ringside. Chair in hand. While the Pitbulls super bomb their ref. For fun. It was gnarly. And I'm gonna say this ended up as a known contest as well, because mm. we don't mm-hmm. get anything else? Yeah. DQ
2: question mark. We had no ref to finish or make an announcement, I, I guess. So. It was
1: a blizzard of a match.
0: The Derek Queen So we go to our third match, Taz, with Bill Alfonso and Team Taz versus Dangerous Devin Storm. And we haven't seen Storm since the NWA Smoky Mountain Wrestling. World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Ooh. Episode 135. Fan cam. Is that the
1: one with the really weird commentary, or yes. is it the other one?
0: Nope, it's that one.
1: Okay, just checking.
0: And Fonzie takes the mic to mock the Philadelphia Flyers and stomp on one of their jerseys. You son It has his colors. And we get waist and wrist locks traded between the two to start, with the human suplex machine continuously taking Devin to the mat. Storm reverses a whip and leapfrogs the running Taz, only for the human suplex machine to catch him with a T-bone Tazplex. Devin ducks a clothesline and nails a springboard spinning heel kick to send the human suplex machine out to the floor, where Storm follows out with a baseball slide and a chair across the back. Devin places Taz onto the chair, and he goes back into the ring, only so that he can fly out of it with a somersault plancha. Onto the human suplex machine. Devin Storm
1: getting some uh, offense in on Taz. A little bit. A
0: little bit. A little bit. Back in the ring, Storm delivers a side slam and a moonsault for a two count. Followed by a leg drop and a chair-assisted moonsault. Only for Taz to move in time. The human suplex machine is pissed off. So he sets up a table on the floor. Rolls back in to hit a chair shot over the back of Devon, but then has his whip reversed, allowing Storm to hit a running clothesline. Devon sets the chair up to leap off of for a corner splash, an air Devon,
2: perhaps something like that. <laughs>
0: but Taz avoids and grabs Storm to belly-to-belly suplexing out of the ring towards the table, but he just clips the
1: edge of it. Yeah, it Oof! Joey Stiles, uh asks the question, Do you think Devin Storm buys Sabu tapes? <laughs> 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 to which I would probably say, I mean, yeah, maybe. That looked... Ow. ow yeah, ow, it was
0: uh, tough. And the ref counts to ten for the count-out victory. Mm. He Luckily, he misses the apron.
2: Yeah, but uh, I it swear is... it looks like he just lands flat on his back, back of his head on the concrete. Yeah. After bouncing off the edge of the table. You know
1: those like weird yeah. um like physics simulators where it's like a dummy body? Yep. It's it's kinda, it's kinda like kinda like
2: that.
0: A little bit. Post match the human suplex machine decides he isn't done. So he rolls out to the floor and slams Devon into the table before applying the TAS mission. The human suplex machine then takes the mic where he accuses Storm of being a Sabu wannabe. Go pay your dues and stop trying to be someone weak. But he does give him credit for showing up before mocking Sabu's pose.
1: Points to the air.
0: (laughs) We then go to our fourth match. Little Guido with J.T. Smith versus Axel Rotten. And they are officially the FBI. The full-blooded Italians. Mm, Female body inspectors. As Joey introduces them as such. And Guido looks ready to go, but JT holds him back and combs his hair before taking the mic to say some Italian gibberish.
1: I love uh, that Guido comes out with the Italian flag over his shoulders, very fun.
0: The bell rings and little Guido charges, only to be backdropped onto the ropes. Axel continues with four arms, elbows, and a spanking, but he misses a running corner splash, allowing Guido to capitalize with sunset flips and arm drags. Hell yeah. Little Guido also attempts a crossbody, only for Rotten to catch him and dump him over the ropes onto the timekeeper's table. And Axel rolls out to continue the punishment and is handed a pie from Afan, smashing it into Guido's face before running him into the guardrail. Little Guido is retreating up the aisle while Rotten grabs a chair to use, nailing him over the head when Smith would distract Axel, allowing Guido to recover to re- Turn the chair shot. Back in the ring, little Guido keeps covering for two counts, hitting elbow drops, clotheslines, and goes for a body slam, only for Rotten to roll him up. But the ref is distracted by JT on the apron. Guido finally hits that body slam, and he starts working the arm of Axel with different holds, but they don't really do anything. But Rotten makes it to the ropes, where Smith begins the choking before little Guido delivers another body slam and heads up top for a diving leg drop, only for Axel to roll out of the way. Nobody at home. Rotten with left hands and a clothesline before hitting the Dominator for the pin. And and the win. win. Post-match, JT grabs the mic, asking Guido what happened, before apologizing to Axel to prevent from being attacked himself.
2: Telling him, yeah, yeah, that's right. Better walk away, kick your ass, and then Axel turns around and then turns back around, and
0: he (laughs) cowers again. (laughs) And Axel leaves. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: JT, such a fun act. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, and
1: it's so funny that like one of the first big like package spots was a JT spot from early ECW. And then he just kind of disappeared for a long time. And we're like, oh yeah, JT's fun. And then he shows up and we're like, alright, what are we doing? And then he just starts this Italian thing. And it's just like been slowly building. And now it's fun again. He's got Guido. He's probably a little more comfortable with this Italian thing. Because he's been doing it for,
0: for it feels like months at this point. Yep. Yeah. So we go to our fifth match. The Sandman and Two Cold Scorpio. With Missy Hyatt. The Walking Riot. Versus the Bruise Brothers of Ron and Don Bruise. And Sandman and Scorpio are dancing with Missy between them at one point. With Joey calling it a Hyatt sandwich. Saying it's the first one on TV. But probably not the first one someone's recorded it. Heyo. Funny that Sandy is... the last time.
1: Yeah, funny that it's like Sandy is like, okay, well we have him in this tag team, but too cold. Because he's not really... He's... He can't. The man can't work. (laughs) (laughs) So it just makes sense for the moment, since he doesn't have
0: the title. So Don uses his power advantage on Too Cold, but then misses a clothesline, allowing Scorpio and Sandman to ping-pong punching in the corner, only for Ron to come in and attack Too Cold from behind to regain control. The Bruised Brothers look to hit a double big boot, but Scorpio ducks and slides his way to the floor to escape and regroup. Back in the ring, Two Cold's punched down and choked, tossed to the ropes, and comes back with a crossbody, only for Don to catch him, but Scorpio turns it into an arm drag. Nice. Don swats away a drop kick, then clotheslines Two Cold down to the mat, allowing Ron to come back in with a body slam and multiple elbow drops. The Bruise Brothers then hit a double team flapjack on Scorpio, dropping him hard on the mat. Too Cold tries to fire up with chops, but Ron no-sells it, and sends Scorpio to the corner, who attempts to leap up and over the charging bruise, only to be caught, so Too Cold transitions it into a head scissors. Scorpio nails several drop kicks to send Ron to the floor, so Don comes in, sending Too Cold to the corner, where he tries to nail the same head scissors, but Don just shoves him off to the concrete. Same man then comes in only to receive a double big boot and a whipping from the use of a belt.
1: And they're not even doing it the, the the way that doesn't hurt. You're supposed to fold it in half and hit him across the back. And they got it so it's like the end of that. Oh, thing. Wrapping Come around him. Mm-hmm. Yep. The I mean. working way is folding <laughs> it in half. This is just how you hit somebody with a uh, belt if you want to leave giant welts.
2: Yeah, I mean, the way that they were hitting uh, twofold earlier... It, it seemed like there was some real
0: anger between the two teams.
1: Make uh, it real, Scorby's like, oh, I'll be fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Missy seems to be getting excited about the whipping, yeah, she is. telling them to do it harder. She's all horny, dog. So they continue until Sandman can get up to his feet to fight back, taking them both down. With hoboes. Sandman then grabs his beer and pours it on Hyatt before licking it off. But this allows the Bruce brothers to regroup and hit another double big boot. Scorpio is recovered now, and he flies in off the top rope with a double clothesline. So everyone is out on the mat. When Sandman gets up to drop an elbow on Ron and a slingshot dive out to the floor, onto Don. And everyone begins to brawl into the crowd, and Sandman's tossed into a chair held by a fan. When all of a sudden too cold has climbed to the top rope to dive out onto everybody in the crowd. Bah, bah, bah. Easy, duh. Easy, duh. Easy, duh. Scorpio and Don make their way back to the ring where Too Cold starts to dance for the crowd, allowing the Bruised Brother to attack from behind, while Sandman and Ron continue the melee in the front row. Scorpio nails a spinning heel kick and a moonsault onto Dawn for the pin. And, and the win. win.
1: Hey guys. It happened. Did. We watched it. It happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't miss her. Mm. So we go to our sixth match. Primetime. Brian Lee versus Tommy Dreamer. And we get a clip of Primetime pledging his life to Raven. And that Dreamer's ass is his. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. A really fun, quick. Not I don't know if it's fun, but it's a quick insert, like, backstage promo that just looks like it's from a basement, and, like, angles up at him. It's, it's not very it's not something you see a lot in these shows. Maybe on the weekly ECW show, because, yeah. like, we talked a lot about the fun Public Enemy and Mikey Whipwreck ones from back then. We haven't really seen anything like that in a
0: while, but this one's, like, legitimately like eight seconds. Yeah. As Tommy makes his way out, Lee charges at him with a chair in the aisleway. Only for Dreamer to duck, causing Primetime to hit the scaffolding instead, allowing Tommy to go low. They head into the ring with Dreamer hitting a chair-assisted jawbreaker. Oof, that Uh, was a wild move. A back body drop, which sends Lee to the floor and tosses him into the guardrail.
1: I will say, as dumb as I thought that move was when it was happening, Tommy Dreamer did sell it. For a second.
0: Tommy sets up Primetime on the apron with a chair in front of his face before going back in the ring to get a running start for a baseball slide, only for Lee to move and use the chair across Dreamer's back. Tommy's tossed into the third row, so they begin to brawl their way into the crowd using chairs, bleachers, and right hands, and they end up under the eagle's nest on a platform where Dreamer delivers a bulldog and more chair shots before smashing his face into the wall. Tommy then climbs up to the balcony and leaps off with a dive onto Primetime, but Lee recovers to use a few chair shots of his own as they continue the fight around the building. Back at ringside, where Primetime drops the guardrail on Dreamer's dreams of ever having children, before going back into the ring, where Lee gets a boot up into a charging Tommy, following it up with a clothesline that Dreamer ducks, but it does take out the ref. Ref, Bob. Prime time sends Tommy into the ring post shoulder first. Oh, starts choking Dreamer when the Bruise Brothers would come out. I had enough of these guys. Lee whips Tommy to a corner and then tries to take him over with a backslide, only for Dreamer to flip over and deliver a DDT, which brings the brothers into the ring to attack. They triple team Tommy, sandwiching his head between two chairs, with the Bruised Brothers delivering stereo big boots. <sighs> Primetime makes the cover for the pin, and no, Dreamer kicks out. How? Lee (laughs) telegraphs a back body drop, allowing Tommy to hit another DDT, make the cover, but the brothers break up the pin with a chair shot. They then place a cinder block on Dreamer's crotch. Because why not? (laughs) With Primetime nailing it with a chair before making the cover for the pin. And, and the, the win. win so a cinder block to the nuts is
1: what it takes to uh-huh. and i've heard of ref bumps before but this one was
0: egregiously long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like okay we then go to our seventh match <laughs> i feel the same way rob van dam versus <laughs> sabu and the last time we saw rvd was at house party 96 Episode 182. And Joey tells us that RVD has a broken wrist, which you can see that he has a thing on, like a...
1: Taped up a little bit. Taped up, or a pad thing. small cast or pad, or whatever.
0: While Sabu has a broken... (laughs) Everything! Everything, as he's sure something Uh is broken or fractured.
1: Yeah, his uh, uh, brain, his
0: soul, uh, his bones... Styles continues by saying Van Dam has a background in martial arts, while Sabu has an extensive background in insanity.
1: Absolutely true. Yep.
0: And the match gets going with RVD evading Sabu before hitting multiple different kicks, including an axe kick, followed by a body slam and a rolling thunder splash. Fun stuff. The homicidal one answers by tossing Van Dam to the floor, hitting a top rope leg drop on him once he returns to the apron for a two count. Sabu locks on a camel clutch and transitions into a single leg crab, keeping RVD on the mat with kicks to the knee. The Homicidal One sets Van Damme on the top, climbing up to drop kick RVD out to the concrete before following out with a somersault plancha.
1: These guys are going hard, they're laying in a little bit.
0: Sabu sends RVD into the guardrail, but he charges into a big boot Allowing Van Dam to climb atop the railing, only for the homicidal one to just shove him into the crowd. Sabu starts using chairs, dragging RVD to the front row before climbing back in the ring to use a chair to launch himself into a springboard crossbody back out onto Van Dam. The homicidal one then grabs the timekeeper's table and bridges the apron and guardrail with it, setting RVD atop it, with Sabu heading to the top turnbuckle.
1: I mean, this is one of the more believable spots where you put a guy on a table and he doesn't move. Did you see the dent in the chair? Huge.
0: But as he gets there, Van Dam rolls off to the floor. The Homicidal One knocks RVD back to the guardrail and sets up a chair, trying for Air Sabu over the table onto Van Dam. but he slips, allowing RVD to deliver some kicks and chair shots to gain the advantage. Van Dam then leaps off a chair onto the apron to springboard back towards the homicidal one with a dropkick. Goes back to the apron with a chair in hand to leap off with a somersault plancha to take them both down. Yeesh. They make it into the ring where RVD hits a springboard leg drop for a near fall. Continues with a powerbomb and a surfboard.
1: Also, Sandman, take note of that
0: springboard leg drop but Rob can't hold onto the move because of the hurt wrist. Van Dam then applies a leg lock momentarily, before going back to kicks to knock Sabu into the corner, placing him on the ropes and picking him up on his shoulder, only for the Homicidal One to counter it into a DDT. Sabu then sets RVD on the ropes before trying for Air Sabu, only for Van Dam to leapfrog the attempt, grab the chair and swing it, only for the homicidal one to escape out to the floor, sending the chair flying into the crowd.
1: <laughs> RBD calls for the chair back. He needs it back.
0: And the crowd tosses it to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he sets it up, only to leap over it and the top rope with another somersault plancha. Jesus. <gasps> oh my
1: god! <laughs> yeah, these guys are doing some wild, brutal shit. It kind of feels like the a similar match format to the Mikey Whipwreck match. Yeah. But, you know, RVD weighs, like, 40 pounds more than <laughs> than uh, Mikey Whipwreck. And he's a little bit more athletic. And he's more athletic. So, like, that, you know, Sabu does that, that DDT. There's like, one of the nastiest DDTs. There's, like, some really, some stuff that legitimately looks, like, too good to the point mm-hmm. where it's, like, that guy should be hurt, but maybe these guys are just good together, which we all know. They're pretty good together I mean they did train together yeah they just they just got it like that
0: back in the ring Van Dam gets a two count before heading up top only for Sabu to meet him there the RVD is able to shove the homicidal off and through the table
1: <sighs> nice table used for ECW you forgot it was
0: there yeah. for a minute Van Dam then leaps off the top with a double axe handle only for Sabu to have moved the homicidal one sets up another table setting RVD on it before hitting two slingshot somersault sentons onto Van Damme and the table to finally get it to break.
1: He has to do it twice, but he basically lands like one leg on RVD's head, maybe. But it mostly just looks like he broke the table with his ass and missed RVD. (laughs) Still brutal, but you can see the spots right before that are very similar. The missed axe handle to the Mikey Whipwreck match from seven days ago. It's like, oh, you know, we can do some, some bigger things and some different things. But I feel like this is fresh enough in their mind that, in Sabu's mind, that it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do.
0: Back in the ring, Sabu gets a near fall, then nails an Arabian press for a two count. A clothesline tries for a second one, only for RVD to duck and hit a bridging German for a near fall. Oh, I love, I love these men. Van Dam then heads to the top, comes off with a somersault neckbreaker for a two-count, drags the Homicidal One draping over the apron so RVD could hit a slingshot leg drop.
1: Ooh, and it's nasty, and RVD is angry.
0: Sabu rolls back in, only for Van Dam to come back into the ring with another slingshot leg drop for several near falls. RVD looks to set up the chair, but the Homicidal One is back to his feet and leaps on top of Van Dam, to drive him down face-first into the steel. Sabu then sets RVD draping on the top rope, delivers a DDT for a two count, before leaping off of a chair onto the ropes for a moonsault back over the chair onto Van Damme for the pin and and the win. win.
1: I mean, come on. How cool does that look? He's doing parkour, guys.
0: Post match.
1: Parkour, hardcore.
0: The fans applaud the match. While the homicidal one helps RVD to his feet to show him respect, Sabu extends his hand, but Van Dam walks away, with the fans booing, and chanting "asshole."
1: Uh oh! I know. I mean, shit, RVD didn't really lose because even because it's he just injected some life into ECW, and what we're looking for—it's time.
2: also, some competition that he's needed for quite some time. Absolutely.
0: Possibly a new best friend mm-hmm. in
1: the making. Absolutely a, a contentious friend.
0: So we go to our eighth match, Raven, with Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie, versus the franchise, Shane Douglas, with Kimono Wanalea for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship.
1: And uh, Kimono Wanalea is now... Uh... Matching Shane Douglas in her yellow gear.
0: All because Raven and Stevie slapped her at the last show last week. Of
1: Mm -hmm. course, it'd be silly for her to still be
0: with them. Or at least upsetting. The champion did come out first. Foreshadowing.
1: I mean, hopefully. I would love to see this belt around Shane Douglas.
0: The Fabulous Ones do a parody of the Dudes with Attitude entrance. All while Raven sits stoically in the corner.
1: I mean, what does Raven do best? Exactly that. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, like I said, the reason she's with Shane was of the slap. She dumped Raven and sided with the franchise, promising to reveal a shocking truth that would cost Raven his title. Only for the champ to say it would hurt Tommy Dreamer even more. And Shane takes the mic saying history is about to repeat itself. When he wins back his title before saying that Beulah had cheated on Raven, but she also cheated on Tommy or calling them both (laughs) suckers and Dreamer makes his way out demanding to know what Douglas is talking about with the franchise getting on his knees saying you can knock me out all you want. Mr. Hardcore, but if you can't take the truth, you ain't hardcore.
1: Come on, chain. We love this is good. I mean, silly, but he's good at doing silly. Mm-hmm.
0: And then he tells him that Beulah isn't pregnant. <gasps> what? Tommy wants to know who he is, but Shane says it's not a he. When Kimona steals the mic and says,
1: it's <laughs> me!
0: Yeah, it's really funny because you know what
1: it's building up to, but like they can't give her the mic because she can't talk, so he just like holds it out and she just like, <laughs> yells it into it and he does, he's a little bit lower than that, maybe, but it's still funny.
0: Beulah arrives, and the two women begin to make out. When Dreamer would grab them as Douglas asks what he has to say, and Tommy responds with, I'll take them both. I'm hardcore. <laughs> Before kissing both women.
1: It's the triple kiss. Is this pre or I guess there's a triple kiss, it's probably later in a uh, r- uh, real world.
0: Uh, this would be before, I think. Yeah, this is yeah.
1: before. Remember the real world triple kiss
2: thing? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember Who what season the season was. Kiss. And
0: the reason I think it's before is because this angle, they would actually show it on hardcore TV in the following weeks.
2: Yeah, like because We're hard... talking like the challenge with Abe and Veronica
1: and... I never watched the challenge. I think it was on a, a just a real world season. Where they get drunk at a club or whatever. And I mean, there it. was
0: the Vegas season where everybody was kissing everyone, so... Yeah. But they would show it on the hardcore TV. Mm-hmm. Several TV networks would remove them from their network because of that. the lesbian kiss.
2: I mean, you know. it is HLA got them kicked off a network. It, it was is. a
0: regular
1: television. It'd be like one of those things where like if I was watching this, my mom would be like fucking come on be like we're trying you, you shouldn't let's let's turn this off back
2: in the day i it was is seeing trash. ecw on fox fox was famous for you know married with children and all these mm-hmm. other shows that were trying to push the line so i think i kicked off of fox stations that oh what mean, is boggles what, what
1: did al bundy's shirt say i don't remember it was misogynist and very
2: funny <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm a misogynist, but this shirt's sure funny for the character. I'm trying to remember, because they had a club. What was the club called? <sighs> it was just guys, guys, guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Dreamer and the ladies leave to the back, leaving Raven dejected over losing all of his ladies he was to the, Tommy. De-
1: this motherfucker's always dejected. Can't even, can't, he's not even happy when he has a lady.
0: And the franchise takes advantage as the match gets going, causing Raven to regroup several times. As Raven returns to the apron, Shane knocks him off and into the guardrail, before leaping over the ropes with a plancha.
1: Raven's got no pussy. See, that's the chant that they
0: do. It's very funny. Raven's whipped into the steel multiple times before returning to the ring, where Douglas keeps up the attack before applying a sleeper, only for Raven to escape with a jawbreaker.
1: Yeah, And Raven looks even like more depressed in between shots. He just kind of like walks off for a second staring at the floor.
0: The franchise comes back with a short arm clothesline and back to the sleeper. Only for Raven to toss him off to the ropes and lock on a sleeper of his own. Jumping on Shane's back for extra leverage. But Douglas just dumps Raven over to the floor. Raven's tossed into the front row, followed by the franchise going to the top rope where he flies out with a crossbody before they use canes, metal plates, chairs, and a cheese grater to bust Raven open. And Shane Douglas obviously means business if he's coming
1: off the top like that. It's not Shane Douglas style. With a cheese grater, Raven's busted open. He needs this belt.
2: the top rope like he's Shawn Michaels
0: or mm-hmm. something. They brawl through the crowd and towards the eagle's nest, where Raven press slams Shane from the bleachers onto the platform followed by a bulldog onto a chair. They continue their brawl and they head out into the parking lot where there is no camera.
1: We can imagine what's happening. He's going to get thrown into a car, maybe the brick wall, and mm-hmm. then back back, back into the ring. Yeah. Back into the crowd.
2: Head first into a fire hydrant.
1: Oh, ooh, that sounds scary. That's dangerous.
0: <laughs> they finally make their way back to the ring where Douglas lands a belly-to-belly suplex. He goes for a cover, only for Brian Lee to be distracting the ref. And this brings out Tommy to chase away Primetime. But once the franchise gets to his feet, he only sees Dreamer. So Shane goes after Tommy, delivering a belly-to-belly suplex to him. Douglas goes back to Raven, when Dreamer would attack from behind, bringing out officials to stop Tommy and the franchise from fighting.
1: And this match is no DQ?
0: As are most matches at ECW. Mm, Shane gets back in the ring while still jawing with Dreamer allowing raven to roll him up for the pin and no douglas kicks out raven goes for a suplex but it's blocked allowing the franchise to suplex raven onto the ropes before setting him up on the top rope to attempt a superplex but he's shoved off to the mat followed by raven coming off with a double axe handle raven now sets up shane for a superplex but he's blocked and it's countered into a front suplex followed by a crossbody only for raven to use the momentum to roll on top for the pin and no douglas kicks out again the franchise blocks a snapmare and turns raven over into a backslide for a two count then locks on a figure four meanie then jumps to the top rope attempts a meanie salt but Shane has moved out of the way. Douglas Duh. then applies a single-leg crab, only for Richards to come in with a Stevie kick, allowing Raven to roll on top for a near fall. Oof. The franchise delivers a DDT for a two-count, a spine buster, before going to remove Raven's medical boot because he actually had a broken foot. Okay. So he was wearing this mm. for extra support and then places him in another figure four. Now the Bruised brothers make their way out, and they stomp on Shane, but Ron misses a big boot, allowing Douglas to nail a belly-to-belly suplex. While all that was happening, Raven has gotten back to his feet, and he grabs the medical boot, and he clocks the franchise with it, making the cover for the pin and, and the, the win. win. So after the match, Joey makes his way to the ring and he's interviewing Shane who expresses frustration about Raven. He takes another shot at Shawn Michaels before saying he eats, sleeps, and breathes the ECW title and no other belt means anything to him. Too Cold Scorpio, the ECW television champion, then makes his way to the ring saying he's tired of the franchise running his mouth. And that the TV title means more to him than any other belt. Scorpio calls Shane a punk, dares him to come and get it. But Douglas says he doesn't want Too Cold's belt.
1: Yeah, Too Cold says Eddie wanted it, Dean wanted it. Like, this this means something. These guys are good wrestlers,
0: and you should fucking respect it. After Scorpio turns his back, the franchise attacks him. Nailing a belly-to-belly suplex and whipping him with the title belt sandman then rolls into the ring to stop the attack only for him to get the same from shane before douglas grabs the kendo stick to deliver cane shots to both men as well
1: right in the, head.
0: the franchise continues by pile driving too cold onto the television title then places the belt on scorpio before leaving to the back as we fade to black
1: you want your belt
0: there you go so i ask you gentlemen what are your overall thoughts of hostile city showdown 1996 some good stuff a few good
1: a few big angles ECw for all of my complaints of it recently feeling a little stale is feels like it's juicing up a little bit divon RVD gangsters Shane raven too cold there's all these angles and uh, only two of these guys are like kind of Fresh, fresh, but all the other guys have fresh ankles Sandy feels washed, but people love them still. But for me personally, I'm like kind of had enough of them. Yep. taz is on a slow build. FBI is new and fun, and this last match felt like a wrestling match. It was like maybe like forty percent wrestling match, sixty percent ECW. Which is a really good combination, for me personally. I prefer maybe like the, the other way, way around. around. But I know, like I know, it's it's like going to see a like a slasher movie and asking for it to be fucking intelligent. It's like, oh, I'm gonna see Friday Six. It's like, well, I'm not expecting any like crazy swerves. But if it's done
2: well, I will recognize it. And okay. Friday Six had a song by alice cooper so it, that's what they needed it's a
1: pretty good song yeah it's, it's a pretty good bad song <laughs> the
2: movie itself was a pretty good bad movie
1: yeah it's, it's definitely better than a few of them <laughs> yes i'm a i'm a friday two guy i'm a four yeah four is very good yeah. but we're not here to talk about friday we're here to talk about ucw shane
2: yeah how do you feel about this kind of the same i mean for the most part it was a a, a solid show I'm trying to think through here. Let me scroll, let me scroll. The deadlies were fun. The first match. Eh, but you need something to start the show off anyway. That's
1: how all ECW shows are. The yeah. first match. Okay, well it's gonna be a big weird pull apart that takes too long.
2: Devin Storm, his bump was painfully crazy. Devin Storm uh, missing the table. He got way more like offense on
1: than I thought yeah. he would, which was nice. I and... did
2: too, because I was struggling to remember if we had watched him yet. I couldn't. I totally spaced on him from the. That show was shot tournament. poorly, and it was quite yeah. a while ago. So he, uh, you're yeah. not wrong for forgetting. Full-blooded Italians were fun. The tag match with Sandman and Scorpio against the Bruise Brothers it went more than I thought it would, and the Bruise Brothers actually put up more of a, a challenge than I thought that they were going to. Basically, just getting in there and slapping Scorpio around. Yeah, I mean, there's not much I have to complain about this show. Yeah, I feel like this... its It always happens where it's like...
1: There's the New York show, which feels kind of like a warm-up for the show that's going to happen back in Philly next. Yeah. And it's always, like, fine. But then the Philly show kind of just... they save They save, like, the bigger angles and the better matches for the Philly show, so it's like, oh, that one's kind of a warm-up that's, like, building, and it's like, well, the people in Philly didn't all go to that show, and they don't have that tape. It's only seven days difference, so that's, like, I noticed that Sabu RVD was, like, a similar layout to the Mikey Whipwreck match, but obviously a little bit more creativity as those guys, RVD and Cebu know each other and know what each other can do, so everything's a little bit crispier even though it's still uh, dangerous and some of those moves those DDTs, those leg guillotines, they look absolutely brutal. And maybe it's just because they know each other.
0: So most of the time when we watch these ECW shows, like the first couple matches are just kind of trash matches. Mm-hmm. They're like whatever's. We get like the fifth match is usually your like capital W wrestling match yeah. of the show.
1: Yeah, that's like you're, maybe your... You're... Have light a, your light heavyweight you've a title. couple
0: walk and brawls in the last 3 matches mm-hmm. you know but they're they're just kind of whatever for the first time i really feel like ecw built upon itself with each match like a, like you would normally do with a regular wrestling show yeah like you have your newcomers they're going to have that short match but it's going to be like epr and supernova it was a fun match yeah. and then You have, they go, they don't need to have a finish. You can have the whole Eliminators, Gangsters thing take that over. That's fine. I don't mind. You know, the Dudleys and Pitbulls. We're getting over the Dudleys' new character. Mm -hmm. That's a fun match. I mean, from comedy to more, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Exactly. Yeah, Devon
1: brought the juice. Devon brought brought a bag full of blood.
0: (laughs) I mean, Devon Storm showed up. For Taz, mm-hmm. he did. He t- he totally did. He got
1: more than Chris Jericho did. Yeah, that was exactly. We, we've what determined F-
0: the FBI's fund. The Sandman, 2 told Scorpio, and Bruce Brothers. Like it, it is a walk and brawl, but it's it doesn't overstay. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. And either. it's like it's just a little fresher. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like
1: feel like a monster of the week thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's the same show every week, but you know. Last week it was Bigfoot, and this week it was uh, Sasquatch, and it's like, oh no! Like, I was but just, uh, <laughs> but it just <laughs> felt like each no, match,
0: goodness. each match just felt like was just that little bit better, a mm-hmm. little bit better, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously RVD and Sabu, Incredible. Match, best match on the show. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I might even say shortlist. It was great. I was torn between that. It, 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 I think it's close. I don't know if it's perfect. right there. Yeah, but like there might be another
1: RVD. So bo- a match, match that is better um because I'm sure we'll see
0: them again very soon I, assume, I would assume will. before this year is up you know I think in our next ECW show I think they they match up again yeah probably so. two or three falls or something but the final match the raven and Shane I think it might be my favorite raven match uh yeah I mean you include the you got to include the angle cuz the, the, yeah, the angle is is the, such it a is, the match. is such a like part of the match because mm-hmm. Raven won. Does it like? Yes, you are correct. He always does act dejected, but, but no, you could just, tell no, that even palpable. more. Yeah, it's palpable. He was his character work in showing that he was even more dejected than he was, normal. He
1: was more out of it, and Shane Douglas preyed upon it by doing things that are a little out of character for Shane Douglas, like jumping out off of the Because he's willing to do to whatever it
0: takes to get that belt. Uh-huh.
1: And he still lost to heel tactic interference, which only makes
0: you want to see it again. And then at the end of the show, they set up the next pay-per-view as well. Yep. Completely. So we, we we know what two of the matches are going to be in okay. our next show already. two Cold and Shane. Rob Van Dam and Sabu in a rematch. Like... I'm excited for that show already. No, no,
1: th- and I'm excited to see these new the new characters as well, at, or new wrestlers as well as the wrestlers that just got a new like I wouldn't say a a coat yeah, of, of paint, but they got a little bit of life like breathed into them. Yeah. Like the ECW gods poured a little bit of beer in their mouth and uh, they're back they're back on their feet uh, and a little bit more interesting. It's not a a full coat of paint they're still yeah. those guys but they're more interesting yeah and we saw it a little bit on the last show and this one kind of makes it more concrete and uh you know it's nice to not like a lot of the times I'm like oh, okay another ECW show and there's always stuff that I like on all those shows but I feel like I'm like I'm excited for the next mm-hmm. one, yeah. which isn't always the case.
2: Absolutely. Agreed. Typically with an ECW show, I find myself having to rewind to go back just because it's it's one of those, this can't be the entire show. Did I miss something? And I had that same feeling today, but it was because there was no shit show in the middle of it all. There's no like yeah.
1: breathing room really. Whereas even on the last show, there was like the Bruise Brothers Brawl. Which, like, outside of the double chair shot spot, like, I didn't even take notes. I was like, oh, like, what is here? And then this next show did everything that the last show did a little better. Bigger angles. And uh, the Bruise Brothers were more interesting. And they're still my least favorite thing on the show. But they are working on earning their... Spot. Whether they do or not, we don't know. But, you know, it's kind of like the Eliminators came in. and was like, okay, Pitbull's two, and they have earned their spot. Yep.
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So what are some of the best moments of the show? RVD's selling...
1: And how close he takes those DDTs, those leg drops, and Sabu as well. These guys trust each other, even though they probably shouldn't.
0: At least RBD shouldn't. The leap over the chair and the ropes. Oh my God. For the move to the floor.
1: Insane. Just like,
2: yeah,
0: what?
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Like RBD, mm. like he can. He's just shorter than Sabu, more built, but those thighs, man, it's got fucking springs in them. I don't know how tall he is. But he's a powerful man.
0: I will say he's like 5'9", five 5'10". Five
1: yeah. So, yeah, he's of average height. But those thighs, thighs don't lie. Whereas who knows how big Sabu is as he runs around in his hammer pants. It's tough,
2: but, uh, I mean...
0: at he's six foot.
2: I had fun with the Dudleys and the Pitbulls. I had fun with Taz and Devon. I had fun with Guido and JT.
0: Like, what, what? What match did you not have fun? So that's
1: why yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was a that's fun, that's fun the show. thing. That's it's the thing, thing about this show. It's just like, like it's just a really fun show. It's super easy watch. It's like, a super solid show. Match you know, one,
2: I don't remember a whole lot of, but that's typical on the the startup. But ECW, no, it wasn't a bad match.
1: Yeah. Yeah. ECW has been a slow build to mm-hmm. like it getting to us being like, oh, ECW, it's ECW now. And there's been so many times where we've gotten a skip in our step or whatever, but right now it feels like everything that has a cylinder is running on it. So it's not, yeah, so it's like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe this is, we're finally off to the races because there've been so many, like, I think we're off to the races. I think we're gonna, I think we're working on being off to the races. And this one really feels like it kind of is all coming together. There's no, there's nothing here that like wasn't an angle, right? Nope. No, I don't think so. Because even like, and yeah, Sabu having those big matches with those, or those matches with those big guys, it's like, okay, okay. And I was like really getting worn out and paid off with Mikey and then RVD and... Yeah,
2: yeah, and I the tag say, stuff is paying off. The entire show is a best moment, which I don't know if I've said for any show or specifically any ECW show, because it, it was it was an enjoyable,
1: enjoyable watching experience. As soon as I finish a show, I normal I immediately underneath it in my notes write my like thoughts off my head. Maybe it's one sentence, maybe it's a couple sentences, but. Here I'm like, oh, uh, the, uh, like writing down the names of things that I'm excited about, and it's just about everybody on the show: Devon, RVD, Gangs,es Shane, Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Too Cold, Taz, FBI. Like the only thing that's not on the list is essentially the people that are part of these angles, but are not the more important part of the angle, mm-hmm. and then the Sandman. But Sandman feels kind of lost at the moment. But it doesn't matter because he's over as hell. Yeah, he's just lost for me. I'm not particularly engaged, but I'm engaged by all these other guys, who are in at least one of every match on the card. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything disappointing
1: on the show? No, it's fucking pretty no, good.
2: Yeah, it's it's a solid show from start to finish. So. Yeah,
0: I'm loving I'm
2: loving FBI.
0: Heck yeah! How about best performer of the night? going RVD,
1: because nobody has quite taken bumps as believably solid that were not, shoot, that were not, like, accidents. Like, he's no one sold a DDT like he has, or taken a, like, guillotine apron leg drop like he has, I don't think. Where it just looks absolutely devastating, and then it gets back up, which just is like, oh... He just knows what to do and how to protect himself. Or he's a Terminator. And uh, I don't think RVD is a Terminator. The man talks about how his body is uh, torn to pieces and uh, he lives off weed. I'm
0: going to give some flowers to Dreamer. Just for, one, taking the double big boot with the chairs again. Taking the cinder block to the balls.
1: Yeah. This is where I feel like he's finally the innovator of violence thing which i don't know if they've called him that yet. i don't think they've called it yeah but i feel like this is the beginning of that because there was stuff before but like these last two shows like he's really done some some innovative things and i'd like to think that those were spots that he came up with and told those guys hey let's try this
0: and then he sells the entire angle with the i'm hardcore yeah
1: yeah it's very it's very like the machismo and cojones of like a steve austin but in that like trashy like i go to strip clubs every night way as opposed to like i drink beer and kick ass kind of way because stone cold was like never like the like a horny guy or whatever No, like that he never had any like relationship yeah he was a he was stone cold he was a lone wolf like yeah Tommy Dreamer is uh the every man of the like the every man that's more relatable than Sandman I think. Mm. Tom, more people look like Tommy Dreamer than Sandman. And nobody wants to beat Sandman. Tommy Dreamer when he first started he was wearing a singlet, he was real fit. Oh, yeah. He's kind of he was a little, little, little frat boy. Yeah, a little little handsome frat boy, a little handsome Italian looking frat boy. Yep. And uh, now he is the guy that bellies up to the bar after his construction job, but he's everybody's favorite guy to work I mean,
2: with. I mean, you know, the, the chicks want to make out with each other and him.
1: So. Yeah, I mean exactly. That plays into <laughs> the Philly crowd; they want that
0: too. I yeah. wonder if he's gonna get a buh 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 blowjob if he gives them enough amaretto. He's gonna come and... on and lay someone. <laughs>
2: that's disgusting
0: <laughs> how about most surprising on this show that ECW
2: had it in them to put yeah. out a show like this because yep. I mean typically, I think paulie has
0: got the right guys I mean do we think this might be the best ECW show we've watched I'm thinking it I think be.
1: it's the most complete ECW show we've seen
0: We're yeah, like beginning
2: and consistent
0: yeah
1: beginning to end like everything matters because even there's matches that we really love that we've even shortlisted but they just like happened that one time, and those guys like flew in and flew out. But these guys are all sticking around. It broke away so from it the... it feels like a full roster. It mm-hmm.
2: broke away from the ECW norm of, all right, well, we want to shine the light on these few people, so let's have them show up 17 times throughout the episode. And instead, they gave us the right amount of each person instead of giving us Raven, Stevie, Tommy a tag team running in to do something, the tag team that hates them running in to stop them, everybody running away, and then two matches later it all happening again just yeah, yeah. with a different thing.
1: I will um, say my only thing that I didn't love, but it still pays off and makes sense, is that the like double run and pull apart within 16 minutes of the show. But, it was over, and we know that it's leading up to something, so like and that was at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, after, after that, like, I was like, oh, okay, well, it was happening. But it was all pedal to the metal from there on. And that was smarter to do then than to put it later in this show in between some stuff. I feel like I, by the time I, like two matches after that, I forgot about it because I was so engaged. Um and Definitely. I and it's still that still resonates because you know they keep doing this pull apart, it's like, all right, well, we all want the fucking gangsters to just fucking have a a quad juice match
0: uh we also need to give some flowers to uh El Puerto Ricardo for taking that back body drop to the floor, yeah, that's yeah. a nasty bomb it's really nasty. <laughs> It reminded no, no, me... Of, no one should take that bump. Especially for the bad crew.
1: Of fuck, yeah. It reminded me of... I think there was... it's probably years ago, but I think it was a... Maybe when they were juniors, or at least well, junior heavyweights. It might not have been even in New Japan, but there's a spot where Kodabushi and Kenny Omega, and, like, Kenny Omega takes, like, basically off of the post, like... To the floor, a bump. And he was like, That was the worst thing that I've ever done. And I legitimately thought I would vomit just because I felt so gross. It's like my whole body turned to jello. <laughs> and a uh, Puerto Arcano did that for less money. Yeah. By a
2: lot. Well, hopefully, some money.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, they gave <laughs> him an extra 50 bucks, bought him a case of beer, maybe, uh, you know, gave him a couple extra toots. Making
0: their way to the ring! It's trivia time! Woo-hoo. So this week, the category is Pay Per Few. We're back and it's time to
2: play the few left
0: So the points are based on when you give the correct answer. Starting with five, going down with each match given. Mm-hmm. You're going to give me the name of the show that I give you matches from.
1: Starting Cat. from five matches below the main event, yeah, up between ninety three and
0: ninety four, correct. Okay, put thinking caps on. Here we go. Cat. First match for you for five points: Arne Anderson with Colonel Robert Parker and Ming versus Johnny B Bad for the WCW World Television Championship. Wow.
2: It's Arne tough. and Ming or Arne and Ming, Arne and Parker with Ming.
1: I feel like it's, I know it's not, well, I don't want to say it and give it away, but I know what it's not, but I don't know what it is. Okay. Shane, have you got a guess? So that means next
0: yep. clue. All right. <laughs> For four points, Harlem Heat of Stevie Ray and Booker T. Versus me. the Nasty Boys. With Sister Sherry.
1: Okay, I'm just guessing.
0: Versus the Nasty Boys of Brian Dobbs and Jerry Sags. No uh,
2: no caveats?
0: No belt on the line on I this give one. That gives
2: another clue to me. Arlem Heat versus the Nasties and Arn versus Johnny.
1: No type of match? No. Okay,
2: okay. Just checking.
1: You know where I'm looking you know where I'm headed. All I know exactly right. what you thinking.
2: it'd say it's a tough one because those two have fought on a few different shows. Yeah, I'll take the next clue.
1: I know. I want to guess what I'm to.
0: <laughs> Alright. For three points. Kevin Sullivan versus Mr. T. I'm gonna guess Michael's guessing stargate ninety three that is incorrect all
1: right Shane'm gonna guess or you're gonna get the
2: next next one Kevin Sullivan versus mr. T let me think here I'm trying to remember Hogan debuted in ninety four at which one does he at was he at Wrestle War, or whatever the hell that show was called. What was he at Bash at the Beach? Bucket, I'll just take the next clue.
0: All right, for two points, Avalanche with Kevin Sullivan versus Sting. Double duty, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, I'll just say Bash at the Beach, 94. I don't know if
2: that's right or wrong. Or I'm so mad. I'm so mad head. at
1: myself. I looked is it up. It beach Blaster is a bash
0: of the beach. It's neither Bad, That no. is incorrect as well. Okay. Michael had the wrong year. I had Star-Kid.
1: The wrong year. It was StarK94.
0: The main event was The Butcher with Kevin Sullivan and Avalanche versus Hulk Hogan. Yeah. with Jimmy Hart for the WCW World Heavyweight the, my, Championship. My
1: reason for guessing 93. The triple main event. My thought for my thought process was that I had not thought that Hogan had showed up yet. So that's why I went 93 instead of 94. And then I was like, whenever I said 93 and you said no, I was like, well, I know it's Starcade 94 then. But then I had to double
0: check. I had to looked it up. If you had waited for the Mr. T, you would have gotten 94. Yeah. yeah. And See, I was thinking it was... Oh, I like, guess
1: after Mr. T. At the start of Hogan yeah, being... Okay. I think so. And then it was his... Before. Did
2: I? Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah, because I had the question of Sullivan and Mr. T. Yeah, because you like, said Andy,
1: B. Bash Beach is like, no, no. Cause, yeah, and then the other thing that tipped me off was when it was nasties and Harlem Heat, but you didn't put a caviar on a type of match. Yeah, and I had to ask because otherwise it's obviously on uncensored.
2: Yeah, uh, see, I was thinking it was at the start shortly after Hogan had got there. Yeah, and,
1: but I know Mr. T's not yeah, showing up for something that's not yeah. Starcade, and I still could have guessed 93 after that, honestly. But either way, oh, well. I feel okay about my guess.
2: Can't win them all,
1: can't win them all
0: next week. In your house, good friends, better enemies. In your house, Benemies? Enemies.
1: No, but Benemies, better enemies. I don't know. I'm fucking <laughs> around.
0: Music from this week's show is Thunder Kiss '65. Five. By yeah. By Rob Zombie. And Raven <laughs> won our main event, so we play. Come out and play. Nothing makes me more upset than him coming out. It's by the offspring.
1: <laughs> I'll never not say it, and I'm sorry for saying it every time.
2: Yeah, it seems like more of a Mikey song.
1: It is more of a Mikey song. It's more of anybody song with him because he wears ministry shirts, Melvin shirts. He should be coming out to like Pearl Jam or just something heavier, Nine Inch Nails. But like the Offspring is a pop punk band, and he's this like dour butthole. He's not coming out to Nirvana. He's not coming out to Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains is what he should come out to. He should come out to Down in a Hole. Down in a Hole. Yeah,
2: it'd
1: be great. Yeah. Have Raven come out to Rooster. Or if I will, if I could, yeah, would. Whenever I would, would be a great find a him. time machine. Forget Hitler as a baby. <laughs> you can't kill a baby. That's my argument against that.
0: ECW Philadelphia. Not anymore. Find but Raven. Uh-huh. Be like, dude, down the hole.
1: You know what people don't say They're like if you had a time machine, it's like, well, oh, I go back and kill baby Hitler. It's like, no, you go back and you steal baby Hitler. And then just, like, adopt him to somebody else in a different country, not going to be heaven. There's
2: always a chance that...
1: Because he's yeah. a baby. You just take him to, like, Madrid or something. And there's
2: always a chance that that evil is inside him from the very beginning. I don't believe that.
1: Personally. If
0: you like this episode or any other ones, please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. If you have any questions, comments, concerns...
2: Recipes! Concerns. Yeah. What are you comments. concerned about? What was your favorite match on this you
1: show? You wanna you wanna that correct us? If you wanna correct us, you've already seen all
2: this you shit. Do you think we're batshit crazy
0: that we love this show? Tell us why. That'd be interesting. And if you have those recipes, we're going to Nebraska next week, guys. Shane's mm-hmm. hometown. Yeah, we're or, state. state, I guess yeah. I should say close.
1: A cult favorite uh Bruce Springsteen. With
0: uh depends on the cult, I
1: guess. Dude <laughs> Atlantic City is an all time
0: great song. Okay. But you can send any of those to us on our email at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Laters.